0: Loose Cannons podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language, such as poop and titty, and descriptions of mature situations, such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing and don't want to have the twists ruined for you, please watch the film before listening to the podcast. Ever heard of these places? We said you were brutal. I can be. I want you to hurt them.
1: Hey, everybody, it's another Loose Cannons mini-sode yeah. coming at you. Uh, for the <laughs> first time ever, uh, me, Basil, hosting this one, and Patrick are recording in the yep. same location. That's He's sitting right. right
0: next to me. Yes, in beautiful Hollywood, <laughs> California. Yeah.
1: And then uh, also joining us is Haley returning for a second mini-sode. And this time we're going to be discussing. Uh, 2018's uh, You Were Never Really Here, directed by Lynn Ramsey. Oh, say hello, Haley. I
2: was going to, but you just kept talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, that was rude.
1: <laughs> rude. Haley's the, the silent partner. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably
2: the most She's I'm going to talk the whole, the whole episode. So. Just being, making um, yeah. yeah, me feel
1: bad. Yes. <laughs> Take your that. purpose. not gonna- <laughs> she's gonna shut down
0: (laughs) you were never really on this podcast
1: (laughs) 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 all right um so i'm gonna go ahead and do the plot description then we'll uh ask patrick what he thought then Haley, and then i'll let you know what i thought so uh basically this movie is kind of like a It's like a hitman who's kind of a repressed suicidal hitman in New York City Who kind of specializes in uh, like rescuing sex trafficked uh, young girls and then uh, he takes a job that ends up going very awry and uh, running amok with some political stuff and other things in New York and That's basically the plot of the movie
0: uh, Patrick, what do you think of this movie? Um, I like this movie. I, um, I was very upset by it, <laughs> but in a way that I thought actually worked. Um, it actually like kind of pointed the finger back at myself, <laughs> and I kind of enjoy that when a movie is like, hey, you feel bad about this. Now think about why you feel bad about what you're seeing on the screen, and think about... The ways that you've been conditioned to, like, not feel bad about certain things, but to feel bad about other things. And, yeah, I, it it doesn't always work. Like, when it's done with a deft enough hand, it's it's exciting to see something, you know, say say that to you as a viewer. But when it's, you know, sometimes, like, if it's Michael Haneke, it'll be, like, clubbing you over the head with, like, you should feel bad about this. Like, right. not, not the finger wagging, you should feel bad, but, like, just offering up the images without that much commentary going on and, and like, just getting your brain rolling in the right places, I guess.
2: Um, I liked this movie at first, but my interest kind of started to unravel as, like, the plot became more clear. And I was also, like, very confused by this movie the whole time. (laughs) So, like... I'm glad you told me just now what happened in that movie mm-hmm. um, because I only got about half of that <laughs>
1: nice
2: somehow mm-hmm. I'm also very tired so sure but um, I don't know some of the shots look cool and stuff but I don't know I didn't I didn't. it didn't really make me feel anything and I'm not really sure why because it seemed like it should be working I don't know yeah I don't know how I feel about it
0: yeah
1: I would say I'm actually in a similar boat I wasn't I didn't really dislike the movie, but I also was, like, kind of just a little, I don't know, on the meh side of it. Like, I think um, Lynn Ramsey has, like, a really interesting aesthetic eye, and she does really weird stuff with sound. Like, she's really interested in, like, super weird sound design. And at first I was like, well, this movie is way too loud. This is, like, oppressively loud. This is annoying me. But, uh eventually i kind of settled in on that but i think um like the movie was reminding me a lot of taxi driver but then like didn't really have the same kind of like political commentary that that movie has and i feel like the references were like like actually as soon as i noticed it the first time i was like oh wait this is like constantly referencing taxi driver like there's like a part late in the movie where he's standing outside like a or like sitting in a car outside like re-elect the governor and that's like Uh, exactly what mm -hmm. travis bickle does like outside of um like what's her name's work when she's working to re-elect the governor um Um, sybil shepherd oh yeah sybil shepherd yeah yeah. or elect her for the first elect him for the first time and then you know like obviously like the underage prostitution and but then the movie kind of is like well what if like the governor was also the pimp and i was like well that's sort of a weird thing to <laughs> go with with taxi driver but um yeah i don't know like i i was kind of just uh like watching the movie
0: and then it was kind of washing over me and then
1: i was like well that movie's over
0: yeah i i kind of liked what you mentioned about how um it turns the politician into like an active participant <laughs> right. in what's going on um because i think that's a you know it it's um I guess, as uh, Barry Kilgannon and Killing of a Sacred Deer would say, it's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of like that uh, this movie sort of grapples with poli- like a, a political viewpoint of the way that people are kind of like ground up by the system that they're involved in, and like I guess literalizing it in the way that you know th- these politicians are like literally trafficking these women um Mm. it's it's a little unclear who all is actually or actively involved in the trafficking um it's hinted at at one point that her father may also be part of it because i think i believe he's like a um he's a state senator yeah well but he's like running on like i think maybe he's like supposed to be
1: like running out lieutenant lieutenant Uh, governor or something. They said something yeah. about
0: being on the same ticket. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. He, I think he's running as like a down ballot, uh t- part of the ticket of mm-hmm. the, the other senators. So the other senators, I guess, like higher than him on the, mm-hmm. the roster. So he, but yeah, like, it, it does make that a little unclear. It does blur that line as to who is involved actively and who is not. um But I, kind of liked that it's sort of like pointed the finger at the I guess like the institution of power like the idea that these were the people in power and they were responsible for everything bad that was happening within the film like Mm -hmm. you know uh, I also think that it's kind of pointed that um, at one point Joaquin Phoenix ends up killing two guys who have like American flag pins on their Mm -hmm. lapel like they're like security detail or whatever for the Uh, governor yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> and he kills a cop. When? Yeah, he does kill a cop. Yeah, <laughs> so I I did like that. Um, it wasn't some sort of like you know like shadowy organization. It was just like literally just those in the seats of power, um, right? Responsible for for everything bad that was happening in this. <laughs> the shadow governments inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from inside the government. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that that's um. Like, an interesting thing. I mean, I guess because the movie's so like, oblique about everything that it kind of like, I was like, is this saying very much? (laughs) But I mean, you know, like, I mean, obviously child trafficking is terrible and, is a thing. But it's like, what is this? You know, it's it's an, odd topic, I guess, because it's like. I mean you know the easiest topic like in some ways at least it's like using it for a different political means than say like taken but there was definitely points at the end where I was like <laughs> yeah. I was
0: like taken <laughs> yeah. a little bit but I, I also think that um, it does a good job of sort of painting both sides of the way that patriarchy sort of like ruins people's lives like it sort of destroys people mentally um, because you have both joaquin phoenix's character who is also constantly suffering from the you know like past sort of repressed trauma that he's been through and the you see the young girl basically like sort of going through the same thing where she's she's also you see her sort of like developing these mental blocks where she's like doing this counting backwards in her head so that Mm -hmm. she can like just wipe herself clean of any emotion and I think it does a good job, especially with the sound design, the way that those two characters sort of, like, mentally connect on that note. Mm-hmm. And it paints them in the, the same lane of being, like, they've both been destroyed by a sort of, you know, like, uh, in Joaquin Phoenix's, char- or Joaquin Phoenix's case, it's, like, literally his, his father was, like, a horrible, abusive monster. And in her case, it's this... I guess, like, power structure who who her father represents that's destroyed her mentally. Um, so I thought that was an interesting way to equate both of those forms of suffering in terms of the way that patriarchy deals with, you know, um, both men and women. Like, it's not just a one-sided thing where only women suffer. It's like it destroys men in another way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
2: yeah I was confused I, I did go to the bathroom at some point so I thought maybe I had missed something I I never put together what the trauma was It was like his father was
1: a, I mean, them or something. yeah it's like really you know I mean it's really oblique shots there's like a shot of uh, like him, uh, him as a child in the closet over and over and then like uh, yeah. briefly a shot of like a guy walking back and forth in the bedroom in front of the closet and it like he has like a hammer or whatever so it's like the hammer that he uses to murder mm-hmm. all the people in the movie is like the same, it's like, like maybe hammer, hammer, hammer that he, yeah. like
0: that his dad like hit him with or whatever yeah, or, as or, a child. Or, or his mom. Because you mom, see his yeah. mom hiding under something. Oh, at, at uh, because I thought
2: that was actually just like a. For some reason, I just read that as, like, a random incident that had happened, that it was, like, some stranger or something. I don't know why. Nothing. No, um, I
1: mean, it's all um, very oblique, because, like, there's, the thing that you missed in the beginning is, like, there's, like, a part where maybe he was, like, in Afghanistan, and he like gives a kid a, like, chocolate bar, and then some other kid, like, shoots the kid to take the chocolate bar, yeah. and
0: mm-hmm. he's, like... He's, like, behind a fence, so he can't really do anything about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then... Um, so that's like the recurring image that keeps coming up and then also like when he maybe was lurking security or something like that they they find like a shipping container full of dead women that Mm -hmm. suffocated and so like those are like the the motifs i guess that like drive him towards like this specific thing that his job is it's like Mm -hmm. rescuing abused women or whatever but why was
2: he burning that I'm sorry I don't want this podcast just to be me oh no I don't care what happened no. yeah. but why was in the beginning why was he burning that picture of that girl
1: um, I think like to hide like he takes because uh, he took the picture of the blonde girl later like he took mm-hmm. the takes the picture of the uh-huh, the girl and like writes down the leads that he knows about her and then destroys the evidence afterwards so that they uh. can't really connect, like, why all these
0: murders that he did happen? Yeah, because okay. I, th- I think there's also an element of him working outside of the law as well. Because he's, you know, he he could definitely be prosecuted for having murdered these people. Because he's not technically working for any sort of law enforcement. I guess he's, he's sort of like an extra...
2: But he's not just going around doing this out of the goodness of his heart, right? He's being paid for this because he does yeah. leave some girl there. I know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I th- I think that's it's weird. It's meant to sort of like mislead you uh-huh. in the beginning of that part because you're you're kind of not clear what's going on. But I think when he comes back later, you see that that's just sort of like his drop point for where he goes to stay while he's waiting for whoever is supposed to he's supposed to be returning the grill to to come get them from the hotel. Mm-hmm. So they don't actually have, like, a physical address so, so they can say, like, oh, he lives here or he lives here. Yeah. Like, they can't really tie it back to where he, you know, where he is so that the police can come and find him and be like, you did this killing and, you know, you you worked outside of the law or whatever. So I, I think it's deliberately misleading you in the beginning to kind of think, like, oh, what's up with this guy? Like, is he did he kill a girl or is he, uh, you know, like a child molester or something like that? But then you it sort of like flips it on you and says oh he's actually like rescuing them and he brings them here to be like picked up by whoever is supposed whoever he's supposed to be returning them to
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because a lot of the parts of the movie are like a little bit misleading in that way like when the asian woman like asks him to take the picture then it like cuts straight to like an asian woman who looks like really similar like in like a freezer or what looks like a freezer and then i was like oh did he just like murder this woman for like <laughs> asking to out take and a <laughs> yeah and so like there's like lots of times where it kind of like intentionally confuses your understanding of like what's going on um and yeah i'm not sure to what purpose I, in that case I, I feel
0: like that's there to sort of like put you in his headspace of this like mental dissonance where he is constantly having these like i guess this sort of, like, flare-ups of emotion Mm -hmm. based on his past trauma, and you know, throughout it, he has this kind of, like, dead-eyed thing the whole time, but I think that the movie actually kind of does a good job of showing you, like, the trauma behind that, you know, like, dead-eyed killer stare, so it's not just, like, we're seeing him as, like, this, like, badass killer, it's like, he's just constantly suffering from horrible trauma the whole time, Mm -hmm. that's why he just, like, looks like you know like mean and badass <laughs> like when you get behind that veneer it's like oh no he's just like actively suffering and it's not a cool thing at all to yeah. be this like dead eye killer <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's nothing charming about this yeah.
0: Like yeah
1: weird and horrible and pathetic and uh what was I gonna say um oh it was weird to see that it was based on a book by Jonathan Ames like I didn't know anything about this He's, like, the guy, I mean, he was a novelist before that, but he's, like, the guy who created the TV show on HBO, Bored to Death, with um, uh, Jason Schwartzman, where he's, like, like a wannabe private detective, and it's, like, a goofy comedy show with, like, Zach Galifianakis and Ted Danson. Like, it's, like, a really weird, but, like, you know, so obviously he's interested in this kind of, like, uh, I guess, like, noir-ish thing, but, like, it's... It seemed Mm -hmm. like such a strange and like completely antithetical departure from like, oh here's uh, yeah "Ah, look at this goofy guy he's like a loser but he wants to be
0: a private eye. eye. The
2: book could have a different tone or something.
0: Yeah, that's true. Off very differently. Yeah, because Lynn Ramsey did write the screenplay.
1: Yeah, and she has a very odd sensibility, so it's possible that that book uh, source material is much much different although I don't wouldn't want to see a goofy comedy with this <laughs> same no. plot that seems pretty terrible mm, yeah that would be
0: pretty <laughs> but, but seems like it would though I don't I don't know uh, maybe there is a filmmaker who could pull that off I don't know. Mm. 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 probably not probably yeah. not
1: Shutter to think
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd hate to see like I don't know like Martin McDonough he could crack at that. Oh sure, <laughs> it would be awful. <laughs> oh boy, he has a hard enough time with like regular story yeah. material. It's true.
2: I'm just like thinking. I'm thinking about Taxi Driver now, and thinking mm. about how these are both like super nihilistic movies, and I'm thinking, oh, I think that's why I don't like this movie. It's just like so nihilistic in a way that's like kind of just boring to me but then taxi driver is like that too so i don't i'm trying to figure out what the difference is
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i think one thing that uh taxi driver has that this doesn't is i feel like the pathology in this is like kind of interior like i agree with patrick that there's like the kind of metaphorical stuff about politics but like like i didn't get the same sense of like the new york milieu that you get from taxi driver Mm -hmm. which is just like this like gross like upsetting city and then like Travis Pickle's just like this guy who's like really inscrutable but also just like a racist monster so like you know like
0: uh, yeah yeah, and there's also the I guess the suggestion that he's been crafted in that mold by yeah, um, I guess like being in the army like they Mm -hmm. kind of beaten that into him in a certain way yeah so
1: there could be like similar connections there but I think that the this movie's so like abstracted that it doesn't really get into that same kind of like um yeah because it's more about like psychological interiority than like this outward projection of like how you see the city and the people that live in it because there's like so much stuff in Taxi Driver where it's like slow motion shots of him just like looking at the streets or like women or like prostitutes and stuff like that and like just this like weird mm-hmm. upset
0: disdain that he feels for everything that he sees yeah and in that you get sort of like literal monologues that mm-hmm. are interior from him but you i i feel like it doesn't like more of his behavior is externalized in that we're in this even the the scene like i guess sort of the like iconic scene from the end of taxi driver where he like tries to shoot himself and he can't and then like tries he does just like the motion with his finger there's like that's an externalized you know like internal part of what's going on with him but like in this movie uh lynn ramsey literally echoes that by having the scene where you think for a second that he's literally just shot himself Mm -hmm. in this restaurant and then it kind of like turns a little bit where you're like oh nobody's reacting oh uh, the waitress has like blood on her face and she's not reacting like this is this can't be what reality. really happened yeah. like it's got to be something that's interior and it it does turn out that like it's interior like it flips back to reality and he's just like fallen asleep on the table and so yeah it, it does like it i guess sort of in a way like denies that character the outbursts the same sort of outbursts that travis bickle gets like even the the way that he kills people like you don't even really get to see it because Mm -hmm. the camera like cut away just somebody else like looking at him like hit somebody with a hammer yeah
1: or you just like see the aftermath or like in a vague corner that's not really yeah so the kind of um i guess like catharsis of movie violence that you get from some movies is kind of intentionally denied in them
0: yeah because i mean this could be like you know a lot of scenes in this do echo taxi driver, especially the the parts where he's like shooting people or like you know, hitting people with a hammer. It's the same sort of thing where he's like busting into the um the pimp house. The, the pimp house yeah the, no. the the brothel I guess. I don't know what you wanna call that mm-hmm. that little like uh apartment that he busts into. But like it, it is the same sort of thing where he's just like going through and like oh he's gotta kill the security guards but even that the way that, that it's shot here is like just security cam footage and it does those like quick cutaways before he's hitting somebody. And then you'll just see like the guy's foot laying there where it's like, you know, well that's very clearly a dead person like laying on the ground now because he just hit them with a hammer. But you don't really ever get that sort of release. That's like, Oh wow. Like this is violence is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, uh, no, we're we're not here for that. We're here for something else. Right. (laughs)
1: Um, um, yeah, it's weird. Like all the uh, like, the more I think about it, the more like strange echoes there are. Like yeah. With yeah. taxi driver, but yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, and and um, I d- <laughs> I don't know if this has, has any significance. I did think it was kind of funny in a really like weird dark way, but the when he captures the kid on the street who's like the courier and like basically gets the information out of how to get into the apartment. Like He says that he's, his name is Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and right. I was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a weird, dark thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does that a couple of times, too. The the part where he's shot one of the security guards through the stomach and um, in his mom's house and the guy's like laying on the kitchen counter dying and they both start like singing along to the same song on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird gross moment where I was like I feel extremely uncomfortable laughing at this but it is like pretty <laughs> funny
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I was just thinking
1: uh sort of going back to what you're saying with the exterior versus interior like throughout the movie he's like miming or seemingly on the verge of like committing suicide but like that's all just like um Extremely private, like like he's doing. He does it like a couple times in his house with his with his mom. But then like as soon as his mom says something like "Hey Joe, where are you?" He's like, "I'm coming, mom." Like yeah, it uh,
0: jogs him back to that reality.
1: Yeah, but that like this is like a thing that is like somehow like his secret that like no one knows this thing about him. But I guess we do because yeah, it's it's also.
0: Uh, I guess like not shown explicitly, but heavily implied that he's like he gets off on that a little bit too. That Mm. sort of like suffocation thing that he does with the bag over his head. Um, Yeah, it's it's a very that's a very weird, uncomfortable thing about it as well.
1: Yeah, and like drawing it back to like when he was a kid or whatever, some kind of yeah, uh, escapist asphyxia. It's pretty dark.
0: Yeah, pretty, pretty Gross. upsetting. Yeah, and, and just like um, I, I, the thing I said to you guys when we left the theater, I was like, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is very upsetting to look at. Like, he's, he's a very, horror, like, just upsetting human being to just behold, especially in this movie. I think I think that's intentional by Lynn Ramsey. I think she's just like, this guy's like. He looks like he could kill you, but he also just looks horrible. Like, he looks like he needs a nap. All the time.
1: Yeah, he does look very tired and yeah, worn down. And also, I yeah, I like the way he's like all bulked up. We talked about that a little bit. Like he's like, like, beer gut buff. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. His like muscles look like you kind know, of like kind of like swollen. It made me wonder whether or not like he got super buffed by doing steroids because that's like a thing with like steroids is like you put on like a ton of water weight because your body just like keeps like Mm -hmm. retaining water which would be like a weird like very specific thing to do yeah but but he seems like the kind of weirdo actor who would be like what kind of weight would this guy look like Like, (laughs) he wouldn't be like buff buff but he'd be like paunchy buff how do i get that look yeah I don't steroids, know. it is.
0: <coughs> I, I hope that he didn't resort to anything like that. I hope he just like no. ate a lot of donuts or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> you never know, though.
1: I mean, Much that's what more, that's yeah. what Riff Raff's on. You can tell when you look <laughs> oh, at him. No. He's roided oh, out. No, yeah,
0: it's a bummer. Oh <laughs> no, Riff Raff. Riff Raff has made a lot of questionable decisions in his life. So. That's true. Not so surprising. <laughs> yeah. I mean that coming from somebody whose main goal is to blow up and then act like he don't know nobody. <laughs> yeah. That's fun to be expected, I suppose. But um yeah, no, like oh gosh, there was something else I was thinking about in terms of the look of this, um, that was upsetting in a weird way it was like I don't, know, I don't know how to, to put it exactly, but, it's, like, obviously the the rooms that they use in the, like, brothel and prostitutes rooms are, like, meant to look like they're, you know, like, children's room. rooms yeah. or, or something like that. But there's also this weird, I guess, like, visual rhyme of the clothes that the girls are wearing, like, having the same pattern, like, not just at the end, like it's ostensibly like a different outfit that she's wearing but like before that when one of the guys like the the police bust into the hotel room and like steal her back after he's rescued her the first time they do there's like a very pointed shot of the socks that she's wearing and it's like this lace material in the socks and the outfit that she's wearing at the end is also lace, so it's like this weird connection between i don't know like the um the patterns I guess the patterns of that and then the patterns the, of the rooms that she's in and then the pattern of his mother's room later because she has this wallpaper that's like it's, it's like flowers but it's like this weird pattern of the flowers and it was there. there's also a really like close shot of his mom's feet after she's been killed and he like very pointedly like I guess like rubs her feet because I guess he used to massage her feet or something like that mm-hmm. it's like implied that he's he did that earlier in the movie and i don't know what it is about the like there's something really unsettling though about the the shots of the feet Mm -hmm. and those patterns repeated throughout the movie i was like this is like it makes i guess since you never see like any explicit sex like it makes it feel like that much more gross to me Mm -hmm. than it would if you actually saw any sort of like explicit nudity i mean i guess there is there actually is some male nudity in this, but, but it's mostly from a dead body. Right. Uh, um,
2: <clears throat> I was wondering, like, how, this one thing that bothered me was just like, I don't know, like, I know it's like supposed to be like a, like a, like a she's experiencing trauma or whatever, but it seems like a, a lot of movies when there's children, they're just like so stoic about everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like I always wonder about them, like, is this just because you? Like it just seems really uncreative and like like happens a lot and like like even the like the part where her father dies like there's no reaction there and stuff mm-hmm. and so it was just kind of weird she was just like such like a non-person to me in the mm. movie
0: and a little bit know. yeah I I would say if the, if there was a a complaint that I had about the movie it was her character doesn't really come through other than being sort of like this victim. Yeah, just traumatized.
1: Yeah. yeah, And like it tries to flip the script a little bit because like when he goes there to rescue her, she's like already like quote unquote like rescued herself by like murdering that governor guy but like at the same time like that you could be like oh well she did that because she saw Joe do that and it's like oh this is easier than I thought and then but it kind of doesn't yeah
2: but is she murder that's what i understand did she murder all those other people no
1: he murdered them i think the the guards just hadn't realized what happened yet uh, because okay.
0: yeah. Yeah. They yeah, think, sex, think, yeah, yeah they were leaving him alone i think yeah they were supposed yeah they were they were like probably given instructions not to go in the room yeah in the room or like i don't know in any other part of the house other than the kitchen i guess and Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's... Yeah, it, it seems like it's pretty clear that the guards were killed by the hammer because, like, one of them has, like, just the hole oh, in his yeah. head. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> Lucky Phoenix just walking around creepily with a hammer is just, like, another, like, upsetting image. It's just, like, this, like... Huge, giant, beautiful house, and then like Joaquin Phoenix just like standing there, like unshouldered with his hammer, just like walking around really awkwardly. I was just like, oh god.
1: (laughs) Feel like maybe Jonathan Ames saw (laughs) Old Boy and was like, what if I did a whole book of this? (laughs) That's right. Think about Old Boy, right?
0: (laughs) Oh man, references abound. Yeah. Wow. This is maybe... I guess this is maybe not just, like, specifically echoes of those those stories, but, like, it's just kind of a more common story than you realize right. in in media. Um, yeah. And I, I, I do sort of like that the usual narrative is a more, like, paternalistic, like, taken mm-hmm. one where it's like, oh, this... Man has to rescue this girl because he has this like paternalistic instinct to save her from the bad men or whatever. And I do like that there's almost none of that here. Like, the, um, well, I, I don't know. Again, like, it seems to me like the movie is more equating, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's trauma with her trauma. So he, he more like sees her as himself a mm-hmm. little bit where he's like, because it's constantly flashing back to him as a little boy in the sort of situations where he's like you know being menaced by his father with this hammer and um you know the the sort of like i guess the interior s- noises that you get throughout the movie it's, it's hard to explain exactly what i mean unless you've seen it but it's like you get these kind of weird internal monologues of the characters although they're not actually saying anything It's just them sort of echoing these noises or sounds or like counting in the girl's case where it's like something that doesn't mean anything so they can deliberately remove their mind from the situation because it's causing them so much stress and pain. Um, So I I did like that the sort of like paternalistic element was almost entirely removed Mm -hmm. here and you get more of like, he has to do this because it's like him rescuing himself Mm -hmm. instead
1: Well, uh, Sounds like a good note to go out on. Mini <laughs> right. episode. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, as usual, subscribe, rate, say hi to us on Facebook. Yeah, send us an email. Yeah, donate to our Patreon, loose cannons. Uh, Patreon.com slash loose cannons. Uh, yeah,
0: a, it's actually, a, I believe it's loose cannons podcast. Oh, loose, search loose, podcast. loose cannons podcast. You'll find us. Yeah. Find it. Yep. Give us
1: money. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. What? <sighs>